Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Thanks for listening to the best of the Ben Maller Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight from 2 to 6 Eastern, 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, and to find your local station for the Ben Mather Show at foxsportsradio.com, you can find it there, or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of the Ben Mather Show on Fox Sports Radio. Our lead this hour, though, coming from in the hood in Inglewood. Uh, I was actually at this game. A made-for-TV matchup. I did not watch the NBC broadcast, but I was told by a number of people that were watching that Chris Collinsworth was not there. Now, people like to rip Chris Collinsworth until Jason Garrett walked into the broadcast booth. And once Jason Garrett walked into the broadcast booth, suddenly Collinsworth looking so bad there. But Lamar Jackson leading the Ravens into a matchup against Justin Herbert and the Chargers. So the Poets heading to the West Coast a Baltimore team that, for the moment, has the top record in the AFC. They had that coming in, courtesy of Kansas City, losing last week to Philadelphia, heading into this weekend. And so if you didn't watch the game, perhaps not. Maybe you missed it. You were doing something else, taking a nap. I don't know what you were doing. But I do know that Zay Flowers got some flowers. Zay Flowers, a touchdown catch and a run as well for the game ceiling score there late in the game, uh, which uh, really destroyed a lot of people that had the Chargers plus the three and a half. Uh, Could have just slid down, didn't need to score the touchdown. Bad job by him. But he did score the touchdown in the fourth quarter there late. And so the Ravens uh, defensively with four, four forced turnovers in this game. And so they get the win 20 to 10, the final in the Sunday night game. The better story is in the losing locker room, so that is where we will begin this diatribe. 
And we start with this. Now, uh, the Chargers losing. What does this latest defeat, one of many, what does this latest defeat do for Justin Herbert and the Chargers? So I've got Imagine Dragons, Sasquatch Gene, and Bumper Sticker. And we will combine all of these things together, and we are going to make s'mores, which is what the Chargers are at this point. They're being roasted. They're marshmallows and chocolate and graham crackers, and they're being they're being uh, squished together. So, A, uh, this loss, the latest of many for the team formerly of San Diego, the Chargers, for, puts them further and further into the abyss. But you didn't need me to tell you that. That's Captain Obvious stuff. But the Los Angeles AFC NFL team, their season is done like a dinner. Uh, It is done, and we are closer to Coach Brandon Staley getting a nice severance package and a pink slip and exiting stage left there. You are what your record says you are, and that means the Bolts are one of the worst teams in the AFC. It's not my opinion. It's a fact. Not making it up, pal. The uh, Chargers, their contemporaries are the Jets and the Titans. Now, they are ahead of the Jets and Titans because those are two of the teams they've actually beaten. But all of those teams are 4-7. and seven. That's what they are. Two games and divine intervention in the loss column away from a playoff spot for the Chargers. But the latest loss... This defeat in the Sunday night game, the latest loss to the Ravens, is uh, it's living up to the franchise charter. And they say, well, they lose close games. This was actually a one-score game until Zay Flowers scored in the final 90-some seconds, whatever it was there in the fourth quarter of this particular game. But it's like the uh, Imagine Dragons tune, whatever it takes. But for the Chargers franchise – Whatever it takes to find new creative ways to lose. All season, they've had a biblically bad defense. In fact, statistically, the worst defense in the NFL. That's a fact. You can look it up. Look at the numbers. They have been worse than the other members of the cartel of the NFL. And the defense played relatively well in this game, but not well enough. Not well enough. Because whatever it takes to lose the game. Here's Brandon Staley the head coach of the Chargers, who will be looking for work soon, but here he is uh, pumping up the tires on the Chargers defense. Take a listen. We lost as a team tonight, you know, in a game like that where it's low scoring, where it turns into a defensive game, you know, you got to get one more stop, and that's what we needed to do at the end of the game is just get one more stop, give Justin one more op, and, and we weren't able to do it. I thought our defense really competed tonight. Um, I thought we were ready for the challenge, and I thought our guys really played at a high level for most of the game, but we didn't get it done as a team. You know, we didn't go get the ball tonight, and that's what we needed to do on defense to win it, and offensively, uh, we didn't take care enough uh, of the ball to win it tonight. So he talks about defense and we lost as a team, but he seems a little more chipper because the defense didn't get torched. I got the the tone I got was like, it's it's more annoying when they lose on offense. Uh, When when they when they lose on defense rather than offense, I should say, because it's it's one of those things. He's a defensive guy, and LA's defense in this game was not horrible. The Ravens didn't score a bunch of points and all that stuff, but the uh, the Chargers 
coming into this game were number one in ball security in the NFL. Number one in ball security. And so they had to go out there and get creative, and they fumbled the ball away three times and had a Hail Mary interception for the four turnovers. Now, turning the page. Looking at the Baltimore side of things, how do you appraise Lamar Jackson and his performance for the Ravens in this game? Well, he won the game. That's all that matters. He won the game. Well, eh, eh. I was looking forward to watching Lamar. Now, I knew coming in that his knee was a little messed up and all that. The Ravens downplaying it. Ravens PR apologist friends of mine say, ah, he's fine. He's fine. Okay. Well, if he's fine, I'm not impressed. Everyone said he's fine. I wasn't impressed. I expected more. Uh, and this was not his night to shine. Uh, nothing to do a backflip over. And I realize he plays for the Ravens, but he might as well play for the, the Jags. He was a Jag, just a guy in this game. Uh, he was lacking the Sasquatch gene, Lamar Jackson, where he did not leave a footprint. Uh, I did not get the sense. I was, at, I was there. I watched it. I didn't have to listen to Jason Garrett. It's one of the good reasons to go to the game. Uh, but there was nothing there where he left his mark, not the game-breaker. Uh, and, and he finished with very oh, you know, average number, 177 passing yards, ain't great, 39 yards on the ground. And Baltimore was terrible from soup to nuts at converting on third down. They were 4 of 13, 31%. And you get four turnovers. The Ravens get four turnovers, and they only got three points off those turnovers by the Chargers. A stinking field goal. That doesn't seem that great, uh, but what do I know? I just do an overnight show, so maybe that's just wonderful. It's just absolutely great. Uh, The Chargers, I do know this. They had the worst defense in the NFL coming into the game on Sunday night. And everyone's having a career day. Lamar Jackson did not have a career game. Uh, He did not. Uh, Not in this game. And so that's where we are on that. Now, the last word here. So you mentioned the the Ravens who come into the – they came into the game on Sunday night with the top record in the AFC. They leave the game Sunday night heading into their bye week with a one-half game lead over Kansas City, Jacksonville, and Miami for the best record in the American Football Conference. So uh, you got a lot of teams all grouped up there at the top of the AFC. Is the Ravens' defense, though, is the Ravens' defense good enough to lead them to a championship? Because I don't think the offense is is going to get that done. So is the defense good enough to get her done? And the answer is No. The answer, well, wait a minute, they got a top two defense in the NFL's Cleveland and, and the Ravens, one two. Eh. Eh. Uh, the answer's no. The answer's no on my end. It's not the early 90s or the late 90s or the two, early 2000s. It's been at least a decade. You could say the Legion of Boom was the last team to win based on their defense and had a, a sucky Russell Wilson, a quarterback, when they won, but that was a decade ago. And I don't look at the Ravens as an all-time great defensive team. Uh, I don't. The defense wins championships is a faded bumper sticker slogan that old-timers like to talk about. It's like on the back of a VW van, and it's got a little bumper sticker, defense wins championships, Uh, slogan from a bygone era. 
Now, it certainly doesn't hurt to have a good defense, but it doesn't lead me to believe that you're going to win anything just based on your defense. And, and, and here's the thing. Unpopular opinion about the Ravens' defense. I look at the Ravens' defense the same way I look at the Cleveland Browns' defense. The numbers are inflated because they play in a division that is lacking offense. Uh, the Steelers, Kenny Pickett is not good. The Browns, whoever plays quarterback, not good, right? So you go through the division, you're like, well, you're, these are the teams you play the most, and nobody's really all that great. Cincinnati, you say, well, they're the top team defensively, but Burrow got off to a miserable start this year and is injured. So it's not your typical Cincinnati, Joe Burrow, high-powered offense, highfalutin offense. That not the case. And so it gets down to this. The Ravens ultimately are going to lean on the pillar that is Lamar Jackson, and thus the problem. As great as Lamar is at running the ball and went over 5,000 yards, fastest one to do that, 5,000 yards rushing, all these career accolades for Lamar Jackson. Do you trust that Lamar Jackson in a playoff game, playoffs, is going to put the cape on and up, up, and away in the postseason? Do the heavy lifting. We haven't seen it. Now, that tells us what has happened. It doesn't guarantee that it's going to be that way the rest of Lamar Jackson's career. But from what we have seen of Lamar Jackson in big playoff games, Lamar likes to ride first class on the Vomit Comet. And the Ravens, if, I don't care how good your defense is, you're not going to get that done. You're not. Uh, consistently not good in the postseason. That is the book of Lamar Jackson. And we'll see if that changes this year. But the Ravens' defense is not going to be the reason they win anything. Uh, it's just not. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I miss the king. king. What's good, y'all? It's your main man, Michael Smith, esteemed NFL analyst and certified fantasy football legend. Allow me to present to you your new favorite fantasy football podcast the dynasty exchange hosted by my first round rookie picks davis dylan and josh three guys who most definitely know their stuff they're the co-commissioners of the coolest and most cutthroat dynasty league you'll ever come across the yacht club and now they're the co-hosts of the most elite now make that the definitive dynasty program in the game it's dedicated to only the most devoted of diehards, the guys like me who can't stay off sleeper in KTC. And trust me, you won't regret making the choice to follow their dynasty advice. Listen to Michael Smith Presents The Dynasty Exchange on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts our lead from just across the ben franklin bridge Rainy temperatures in the 40s in the city of brotherly love. Big matchup. Big matchup. Well, relatively speaking. Uh, the Josh Allen traveling circus from Buffalo making a stop one day only, one day in Philadelphia, taking on Jalen Hurts and the NFL's top team, the Eagles, the Birds. That's the matchup. Philly, the top record. Buffalo trying to improve to 2-0 since they whacked Ken Dorsey as the offensive coordinator. Did you watch this game? Boy, this was this was a good game. Yeah, back and forth. Blown calls. Uh, you had a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Put it all together. And what did you have? You had Jalen Hurts putting up not one, not two, but three touchdown passes and two touchdown runs. My Maller math tells me that's five total touchdowns for Jalen Hurts, including the 12-yard scamper, which is a nice way of saying he ran the football into the end zone, a scamper for the score in the game-winning moment there in overtime. The Eagles, they chirp last and loudest, and they get the win on a soggy afternoon at the link as they win this game on the touchdown. Philadelphia. The NFL's only 10-1 team. Super Bowl hangover. It hasn't kicked in yet. The better story, though, is in the losing locker room, and so that is where we will begin. Bill's Mafia, devastated. They are in despair. Uh, there was a horse collar tackle in the second quarter against Josh Allen. The referee said, you know, that's a nice horsey. We'll let that go. Didn't call it. 
there were a couple other calls in this game that uh, could have been made, were not made. And in the end, Buffalo drops to 6-6 six and six on the season. And since the better story is in the losing locker room, that is where we will begin. So let us discuss the question. The question is this. Where does this performance leave Josh Allen and the Bills? So I've got Amy Winehouse, earbuds, and geography. And we will combine all of these things together, and we are going to make a miscommunication, which is another thing the Buffalo Bills had. Otherwise, they would have won this game. They had a miscommunication in overtime. So, uh, number one. Number one. We had to make up. You were gone, Iowa Sam, for a long time, so we had to make up for that. Iowa Sam was away, and he's back. And uh, he actually went to Iowa for one day, but he you know, he, had, he walked, actually. He walked back from Iowa. So, anyway. Uh, so, Josh Allen painted a mosaic. He used water paint, uh, water-based paint in this game. Uh, it, it, rainy conditions, it didn't matter there. Allen was the conductor of the Buffalo Orchestra. Uh, Offense put up 505 yards. You won the stat sheet. Congratulations. You didn't win the game. You didn't win the game. 34 points, not enough. You needed more than that. It was a jet-fueled attack by the Bills. Josh Allen was amphibious uh, in this game by land, by air, by whatever. Didn't matter. Uh, But 339 passing yards, two touchdowns, on the ground, two touchdowns on the throwing of the football. But in the end, there was a crucial miscommunication between Josh Allen and Gabe Davis that left the game-sealing touchdown off the board. Davis zigged when he should have zagged. And he screwed up, and it would have been a touchdown, could have been a touchdown, should have been a touchdown. It wasn't a touchdown! It wasn't a touchdown. Now, as for the question, where does this performance leave Josh Allen and the Buffalo football team? It's like an an Amy Winehouse song, on the outside looking in. They're on the outside looking. They would have been the final playoff team for now had they won the game. But because of the loss, Buffalo free-falling, free-falling. They're at 6-6. They're in 10th place. And they still have Kansas City and Dallas up ahead. Here's Josh Allen, the Buffalo quarterback, Josh Allen, commenting on the status of the Buffalo football team after this loss. Take a listen. I'm extremely confident in our guys. And, and really? The men that we have in this locker room. Yeah. Why? You know, we understand where we're at. So we got to get things going. Again, I think effort was there. Execution was there. Just got to make a couple more plays and... You know, there's a couple we wish we had back. I'd love for Josh Allen to say, I really don't trust this team. We'll find a way to screw it up. You know, we, we, that's, you are what your record says you are. And you are a baseline team. You're 6-6. Six and six. That's what you are. That's, the, that's what the Buffalo Bills, this vintage of the Buffalo Bills in 2023, that's where they find themselves. And uh, now turning the page, Jalen Hurts. And the Eagles, uh, they get the win. Now, Jalen Hurts says that he is not playing up to his standard. Keep in mind, the Eagles are 10-1 and on the season. 
He said, quote, obviously we have a ton to clean up. I have not been executing to the level of my standard, Jalen Hurts said, but it seems to be enough in terms of the standard that I'd like to play to consistently and that I'd like us to play to consistently as a team. Enough is never enough, close quote. What is your opinion of Jalen Hurts, in his words, not playing up to his standard? All right, so I say bravo. I say bravo. Now, Philadelphia, I am so jealous of the Eagles. They have the most unstoppable play. The tushy-pushy. You cannot stop this play. You get down to a fourth and one, a third and one, uh, one yard to go at the goal line. You're going to score. It's an amazing play. Now, the other teams try to run the play. They don't run it as well. Jalen Hurts is is a workout fiend. And, uh, man, is he good at that play with Jason Kelsey. Uh, So good, so good. But the Eagles, I agree with the general sentiment that in terms of nitpicking, which is what we get paid to do here, Jalen Hurts uh, has turned the ball over quite a bit, quite a bit. You're playing with fire. The Eagles coming from behind, not not something that will continue to go your favor. Uh, and we, we, we know how these teams generally turn out. You have a great record, very gaudy record in the regular season. And, and then in the playoffs – you suddenly don't come back when you get down by 10 points. You don't overcome the quarterback turning the ball over. You don't make those plays. But the Eagles, for now, are doing a high-wire act. And for now, it's working in large part because up until this point, Jalen Hurts has been able to shake off the bad plays that he has made, the interceptions, the fumbles, the things like that. The secret sauce has been the noise-canceling earbuds that Jalen Hurts has had there, and he's able to compartmentalize, and he doesn't sulk. Some of these guys, they get the 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 uh, the, the, the sad face, the long face, they, they got the droopy eyes, the whole thing, and, and Jalen Hurts does not do that. It's like what's done is done, and he moves on to the next play. We all know quarterbacks where they have one bad play that leads to two or three other bad plays because they feel sad and depressed and all that. Jalen Hurts he doesn't appear to have that, which is a positive. He hasn't turtled up. He doesn't start going through the oh, woe is me and, and all that. And in this game, at the end, in the fourth quarter and overtime, he outplayed Mono a mono was a shootout game in the rain in Philly, and Jalen Hurts outplayed Josh Allen down the stretch. This is Occam's razor. The simplest answer is the easiest answer, and the right answer that head to head, Josh Allen needed to be better at the end and needed to be on the same page with Gabe Davis. He was not. Otherwise, we're having a much different conversation at this point. All right, final point. We'll move away from the Philadelphia. Victory over Buffalo. We go to Arizona. Why? Because it was on the schedule. That's why we're going to Arizona. Matthew Stafford with not one, not two, not three, but four touchdowns. You know why? Because you can ram it all day and you can ram it all night. As the LA Rams, Kyron Williams, a golden domer, over 200 yards of total offense and a pair of rushing touchdowns. And the Rams poleaxing the Cardinals 37-14. to The final L.A. improves to 5-6 and six on the season. Alligator arms Kyler Murray, 
those little alligator arms. Arizona drops to two and ten on the season. So are Sean McVay's Rams a legitimate NFC playoff contender? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. A resounding yes. The Rams are in the midst of playoff contention. I am nodding my head. Yes, that that is reality. Now, keep in mind, the Rams are not a good team and are a playoff contender. Both these things are simultaneously true. All right, now why is that? Why is that, right? They've got a losing record. You are what your record says you are. They have a losing record. However, this is a product of geography. It is a byproduct of geography. Location, location, location. The NFC does not have enough quality teams to make playoff spots. There are seven teams in the NFC that are going to be in the playoffs. There are maybe four teams that deserve to be in the playoffs. Maybe in the NFC. And outside of that, everything else is just you're throwing slop against the wall. And so there'll be a lot of slop. I heard a lot of silence over Thanksgiving from our friends in Seattle. A lot of guys there that were riding the coattails of Geno Smith. What happened? The real Geno has arrived. <laughs> he sucks. That's a, that's a guy that's a bum, Geno Smith. Man, is he terrible. So Seattle's a fraud. They've been exposed. Geno's been exposed. Got smoked by the 49ers last week. You look around now, and the Seahawks are the last team in. You look at those NFC playoffs, and Minnesota, Josh Dobbs will play tonight. The The Vikings play the Chicago Bears. So the Rams have five wins, and they should get to nine. I see them at nine and eight. Is that enough to get in the playoffs at nine and eight in the AFC? Probably is. It probably is because they have a bunch of marshmallows. Bunch of marshmallows coming up. So they got a pretty favorable schedule in terms of the cupcakes to get four more wins, get to nine wins, and finish above 500, which will likely get you the one of the final wild card spots in the NFC. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. 
Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts our lead this hour coming from Southern Ohio, Cincinnati, or Northern Kentucky, depending how you look at it. The Bengals beginning life without Joe Burrow. And that went about as well as you would have expected. They played host to the Steelers, who played their first game since they got rid of their offensive guru. So those are the storylines coming in. That was the setup. That was the lead-up to the matchup between the Cincinnati football team and the Pittsburgh football team. And I don't know if you saw this game or not. Maybe not. But we we watched, so you would not have to. Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett. He threw for a season high, 278 yards. And the Steelers did something that hasn't happened since we were all little kids. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers actually showed a pulse. They showed that they have a ticking heart in this particular game. as The first game since whacking Matt O'Connor, the offensive coordinator, beating the Joe Burrowless Bungals sixteen to ten on uh, on Sunday. The the final score: the Steelers totaling four hundred twenty one yards of uh, offense. Uh, four hundred twenty one yards of offense for Pittsburgh. And that that seems like a uh, like a lot, right? That seems like a fair amount, uh, and it was it was a fair amount because. That is the first time in 58 games, 58 games that the Steelers had gained 400 yards. It had been that long, and the Steelers moving the ball around. Pat Fryermuth, the tight end, a career-high 120 yards receiving. The Steelers outgaining their opponent for the first time this season under the interim offensive coordinator, Someone named Eddie Faulkner. We don't know who that is, but he's calling the plays now in Pittsburgh. So let us discuss the question. What are your initial reactions to the Steelers offense without Matt Canada as the offensive coordinator? Pittsburgh's a playoff team right now. So I've got Dave Ramsey, Mushroom, and Wendy's. And we will combine all of these things together, and we are going to make a Christmas carol. So when I came into work, Iowa Sam said, do we have to start playing the holiday music? And I said, well, we have not gotten the memo from corporate. And until we get the memo from corporate, we do not have to. But I'm warning you, that memo is likely going to come down once people show up to work here later on on Monday. So this might be the final show 
of the year without nonstop Christmas carols. You've got mail. Yeah. So you might eh, just don't check your mail. You know. All right. Anyway, let us discuss the uh, the question again. Your initial reactions to the Steelers offense without Matt Canada. So I, I I'll start with this: the Pittsburgh offense was it better? Yes. Was it great? No. I, I see all these glowing reviews and oh, they're so good. Oh man, all they had to do was get rid of Matt Canada. I am not ready. Maybe I'm just a douche, but I am not ready to announce that the Pittsburgh Steelers offense has arrived. I'm not. Uh, And I'll tell you why. Look at the opposition. The Cincinnati football team is not only a defense, they're dreadful. How bad are they? In terms of total defense, they entered the, uh, the game ranked 30th in the NFL. And over the last month, the Bengals are allowing 422 yards of offense per game. So if you look at this and say, well, the Steelers had 421 yards of offense, that is actually below by one yard the normal defensive effort of the Cincinnati football team. The typical defensive effort, uh, that's about where they've been. So it's not like they exceeded – what the Cincinnati defense has allowed, Pittsburgh was right where most teams are that play the Bengals. And Kenny Pickett and friends also missed golden opportunities to actually score points, which is the most important stat. Yardage is nice. Points is what wins games, though. And 421 yards of offense, but only 16 points. That's not good. In the Goldilocks zone, in the red zone, They had four trips, Pittsburgh did, one for four. That's a 25% conversion rate. The object of the game is to score points. The Steelers put up 16 points in this game. 16. And over the last month, the Cincinnati Bengals defense was allowing 27 points per game. So that Bengal defense held Pittsburgh 11 points below what they've typically done over the last month. And yet, they're ready to have a parade in Pittsburgh. Like, right through Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. They're so excited that the Steelers put up 400 yards of offense, but only 16 points. And I understand why people are getting excited. I get it. It's like the Dave Ramsey, the guru, radio guru Dave Ramsey, who has his money management, right? He talks about baby steps. So it's a baby step. It's like, oh, things are looking up. Uh, the, the the reason that things are looking up is because of the schedule. If you look at the schedule, it's what we call the hostess schedule. You've got fruit pie, you've got Twinkie, and Ho-Hos. Uh, that's what's ahead for the Pittsburgh Steelers here. They've got the Cardinals, the Patriots, the Colts, and they also play the Bengals again. So things are looking up. But let's hear from Kenny Pickett. And everyone wants to know, what was so different about the Steelers' office now that he got rid of that dead weight, Matt Canada? Go ahead, rip him, Kenny. Rip him. Rip him. What was different? Let's find out. Kind of flow of, of calls, like how Coach Sully oh. likes to call games and oh. our communication is great, which he's been there with, you know, my right-hand man since I got here. Um, so the communication's always been great with Coach Sully, and it's just now that he has to call the plays, it obviously it's just an adjustment, but um, felt like we handled it really well. 
It's a lot of a lot of adversity, a lot of things going oh, adversity. on, parts. Um, but like I said, it was it was a sh- it felt like a short week almost because you know when we got the news and how quickly we all had to kind of react to what happened and, and flush it and move on and get ready to go this week. So um, you know, hats off to, to our guys in our locker room that did that. So if I'm writing a column in Pittsburgh, the headline is that Kenny Pickett rips Matt Canada's communication. Uh, says the lack of communication is why the Steelers' offense fizzled before. Uh, we, we've got that. I love the adversity thing. Oh, the adversity. Is, does anyone else do that at their job? Like, you know, we have uh, things that happen here. I have people that work with me that take nights off to go to football games. That's adversity. But I come in here, and I still do the show. I, we still do the show. It's a, it's a fascinating thing. Dealing with the adversity. Do I get, like, we get medals? Do we get medals for that? All the No? All right. Uh, anyway, uh, moving on, uh, we head now to exit 16W on the Jersey Turnpike. That is where, if you get off at 16W there, you can find your way to MetLife Stadium, where the Giants were playing host to the Patriots. They were wrangling, and this game came down to a defensive play. Xavier McKinney with the big interception. He sets up Randy Bullock to go ahead 42 yards. Field goal midway through the fourth quarter. The third interception of the wicked bad Patriot quarterbacks. Man, do they blow. And uh, yikes. I I don't get it. I do not. This must be intentional, right? This must be intentional. Uh, The the Giants win consecutive games for the first time this season. They beat the Patsies 10-7. They are back. When I was a kid, we used to call them the Patsies. They're back to being the Patsies. Man, are they bad. Uh, New England did have a chance to win the game in the final minute, but they didn't go for the win. They went for the tie, and someone named Chad Ryland, we're told that's a kicker, he was wide left on a 35-yard field goal attempt with three seconds to go in the game. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. And so the Patriots lose. The question here is at the quarterback position for New England. Mac Jones, who we thought had been benched, We thought wrong. He started the game for the Patriots. So the question is, did Mac Jones, after this performance, he got benched after the first half, did Mac Jones play his final game with the Patriots? And the answer is probably not, but what more does one have to do? What more does Mac Jones have to do to announce that his middle name starts with an S and ends with a K? It suck uh, that that's what this guy is. Right? What more must Mac Jones do? How many more stinkers does he have to have? We know it's not three strikes or out because he's way past three strikes. He's way past three strikes. At this point, he's not even a pussycat with nine lives. He's beyond nine lives. He's had more than nine crappy performances for the Patriots. And any stranglers left in the Mac Jones marching and chowder society should vacate the premises in a timely and orderly manner at this point. Because you can literally see off on the horizon the mushroom cloud. There's a big mushroom cloud there of toxicity that is all around Mac Jones. Just in case you thought maybe he'd be okay and he'd be better, Mac Jones went out against a pretty bad Giants defense, 12 of 21 in the first half for 89 yards. And that just stinks any way you slice it. Averaged little over four yards per pass, two interceptions, and the uh, Giants did not get into the end zone, uh, or the Pages did not, but the Giants did, by the way. The Giants did get in the end zone, compliments of 
Mac Jones, the uh, one of those interceptions. Mac's passer rating was 27.8. We always love to point out that if a quarterback takes a snap, every single snap, and just spikes the ball on the ground, they would have a 39.8 passer rating, one of the great stats in football. So if you have a passer rating below that, you would have been better off just spiking the ball into the ground every single time. Now, to rephrase all of this, and not in pig Latin, but to rephrase it, Bailey Zappi was no better. So Mac Jones has shown he can't play. Bailey Zappi appears to have shown he can't play. And we got a refresher course in all this. I don't believe this is charity. I don't think it is charity. Is this all part of a master plan? Are we going to see stories pop up that the Patriots were in cahoots, front office, the Kraft family, and Bill Belichick the goal was to get the number one pick. The Patriots right now would have the number three pick. There is still time. They need the Cardinals to win a game. That's the big one. They need the Cardinals to win a game. Carolina's only got the one, and that's problematic, right? If you talk about getting the number one overall pick, but at this moment, New England and Carolina, or New England and Arizona, rather, the two win teams. Arizona's played one more game, so New England has one less loss. And it'll come down, if, it, if they finish with the same record, it'll come down to strength of schedule at this point, opponent strength of schedule. And at this point, the Patriots have a worse strength of schedule than the Cardinals, so they would be ahead of the Cardinals if they finish with the same record. There'll be a quiz on this later, I am told. All right, now, parting shot. We go to Houston where Trevor Lawrence had 364 yards passing and a touchdown. The Jaguars escaped with a 24-21 win. They escaped with a hair on their chinny-chin-chin as the Texans' idiot kicker, Matt Amendola, he missed. It was a long field goal, 58-yard field goal, not a chip shot field goal. 58-yarder, no good, bounced off the crossbar with 34 seconds left. And Jacksonville, who had absolutely been snookered by the Houston Texans, no more. The Jags, 8-3, and three, they avenge a 20-point home loss earlier this season. And if you look at recent years, domination situation for Houston over Jacksonville. And now there is a little bit of separation. It's like a horse race and a couple lengths ahead now. The Jacksonville football team, C.J. Stroud, the second overall pick, who should have been the number one overall pick, 300 yards again, over 300 yards, a couple of touchdown passes, and Houston, though, loses their three-game winning streak is kaput, done, bupkis, see you later. The question on this one, does Houston, does Houston have enough to get in the playoffs with C.J. Stroud? At this moment, they are now out of the playoffs as they slip down with this loss. So on this side of the microphone, the answer is N plus O. No, uh, they're not, right? And Houston, they drop into the eighth spot, out of the playoffs. Indianapolis, the last team in. And they're going to be in every game the rest of the way because of C.J. Stroud, because he's, he's pretty good. He's got, he's got a little gumption, a little moxie. He can play, right? I mean, just big words. The guy can play. And so they'll be in every game. The problem is, it's it, at the end, it's like the Wendy's slogan from back in the day. Where's the beef? And I'm looking around here. They don't really run the ball all that well. There's not a lot of meat on the bone. And in order to win these games, you got to have a little bit of that. So even with a cupcake schedule, we do not have the Texans in the playoffs. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 